Best case ever. Best case ever. Yes, this is EM Case's Best Case Ever mini podcast series, and I'm your host, Dr. Anton Hellman. This month's Best Case Ever is by Dr. Richard Ward, a sickle cell disease specialist from Toronto General Hospital. He's going to tell us his best case ever when it comes to a sickle cell pain crisis gone bad. Dr. Ward, let it rip. Thanks, Anton. So I suppose this is not really a best case ever. It's most disastrous misadventure I've come across in sickle cell. So this is a 24-year-old gentleman who presented to Genes General Hospital with a sickle cell pain episode. It had about a three-day history of generalized bone pain, quite typical for his sickle cell. A little bit of a cough, a little bit breathless, but nothing that he really played up too much when he was interviewed by the emergency physician. His vital signs were quite stable. He had a little bit of hypoxia. O2 saturations were about 92% on air. Blood pressure and uh, heart rate was fairly normal. On examination, he had a few crackles at the lung basis, but nothing particularly dramatic or concerning to the emerged physician. And the liver and spleen were not enlarged. There was no sign of any ulceration or osteomyelitis going on. And his routine blood works were fairly unremarkable for someone with sickle cell. So his hemoglobin was about 70, which is more or less his baseline. His bilirubin was slightly high, in keeping with ongoing hemolysis from his sickle episode. And his renal function was normal, with a low normal creatinine, as we would expect for someone who's hyperfiltrating from some sickle renal disease. So there are really no red flags for the emergency physician. He was parked and emerged and monitored over the next few hours. Now, unfortunately for him, uh, this was not just a simple pain episode. This was an acute chest syndrome. And what happened over the next few hours is that he very rapidly deteriorated. He developed progressive hypoxia, which was documented as increasing oxygen requirements. So going from two litres nasal prong to four litres to five to six to ten litres oxygen, rebreathable mask. His O2 saturation was always documented as 100% because he was on ever-increasing amounts of supplemental oxygen, becoming a bit more breathless, a bit more chest pain, becoming a bit drowsy, and it wasn't sure whether that was due to his opiates he was receiving full of pain or not. His chest x-ray on presentation was normal, and the next day when it was repeated, it was still normal. And when he was seen by the medicine team, they felt that he had a pain episode, minor respiratory symptoms, and his oxygen saturations were fine on at 100%, not realising, of course, that there was 100% on 10 litres rebreathable mask. And over the course of the next 24 to 36 hours, he continued to deteriorate. Repeat blood work showed that his creatinine was going through the roof, his liver function was deteriorating significantly, and was starting to uh, decompensate from a respiratory point of view, despite being on 10 litres of oxygen. And unfortunately, he then had an arrest. And it was only at the peri-arrest that they did a chest x-ray that showed an infiltrate, and they realised that all along he was probably developing an acute chest syndrome with progressive hypoxia, and really this had been overlooked as a differential diagnosis because of the lack of focus on his increasing oxygen requirement need and the lack of significant x-ray findings and really quite subtle clinical examination of the chest. 
So what would you tell the emergency doctors out there in terms of picking up early signs of acute chest syndrome so that these sorts of things won't happen again? My advice would be don't wait until the patient's dead before thinking about acute chest syndrome. That's probably a little bit too late to give them an exchange transfusion. Really, the key is hypoxia. If someone is a hypoxic, this is acute chest syndrome until you prove otherwise in someone with sickle cell disease. It doesn't matter about the degree of respiratory symptoms, the degree of x-ray changes. The hypoxia is driving the sickling, it's driving the acute chest syndrome, and you need to terminate that by giving a transfusion and giving a transfusion early to prevent a bad outcome. So the take-home point here is that any patient who presents with sickle cell disease who has a change in their respiratory status, even if it's just subtle, think about acute chest syndrome, which classically presents with a big infiltrate on the chest x-ray, but in this case, as you can see, they can be really subtle. Respiratory symptoms equals acute chest syndrome until proven otherwise. And to learn more amazing pearls and pitfalls when it comes to sickle cell disease in the emergency department, Stay tuned for our next episode with Dr. Ward, as well as with Dr. John Foote. So until next time, take it easy. Mm-hmm.